tonight on the fly, just in time for Valentine's Day, we go top 10 rock ballads. So get your little hearts out. And, and no, I promise you, I, on my part, there will be no Taylor Swift songs up here. But I don't know about that guy sitting up there in the screen. Travis Kelsey may have got to him. All that mm. for this week on the fly. Hey, this is Warren from Taming Sorry, and you're listening to On the Fly with Stevie and Jason. You are listening to On the Fly. All right, guys. I, I, I can't get used to the fancy little things I've learned since the uh, first time I had this guy on. It's, it's like, I'm like that, uh, and you're probably too young to remember, that's old Saturday Night Live character Phil Hartman used to do, frozen ca- unfrozen caveman lawyer. All these things like, scare me, frighten me. Yeah, and he was a lawyer, though, but he, was, he played it well. But with me tonight, He's one one step closer to the Five Timers Club, which is only occupied right now by Noel Tolan. And yeah, she's a doll baby. Uh, with me tonight. Is hey, that's Lee. a that's good. That's a good. Right, she's a doll baby. I like that. I'm gonna use that in a song, man. I'm writing that down right now. Hey, I that's get credit. Great. I get credit. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's authentic. Lee. I love that. Yeah. Heck yeah. The lead singer for the uh, band Tame and Sorry, Mr. Warren Meredith. What's up, buddy? Hey, very good. Very happy to be here. Excited to talk about, uh, you know, broken heart ballads and where they, you know, where they stand with us and which yeah. ones really kick our hearts. Um, I'm ready. It's a new year, so we've got uh, the band's got big dreams and. As usual, uh, we've bitten off more than we can chew, but you know we're gonna eat it all. We're gonna uh, it doesn't matter. We're gonna find a way to get her done and win that you know that challenge to eat the thirty eight burgers or whatever to have our name up on the restaurant wall. We're gonna hold the record somehow, you know. <laughs> you remind me right then. It's a great old movie. I don't know if you ever saw it. John Candy, Canadian guy, the great outdoors. The best. The great yeah, outdoors. man. He ate John Candy guy. was the best. Oh God, best. he was he was great. There's not yeah, I, don't, yeah. I can't think of a bad movie he put out. I, I mean, and, and the Great Outdoors was was just one of a kind to make. Yeah, man, he he came in with that SCTV crew and uh, you know the Dan Aykroyd timeline and all that. All those guys, those Canadians that were crossing over because of Lauren Michaels. Uh, who had made it and who had made it big right and he was paying attention so i mean that's how you ended up with in the end mike myers and all these guys i mean somehow jim carrey got it you know he ended up on in living color which i mean in the end he was amazing he was hilarious on that show and he proved he didn't need saturday night live but like so many canadian comedians people say well why is all these comedians canadians like well that's the whole Lauren Michaels thing. <laughs> yeah, and I remember uh, as a kid, Strange Brew, uh, mm. with that, uh, Rick Moranis, and uh, God, yes, the guy's name, they, Dave uh, Thomas. Dave Thomas, that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were hilarious. They were hilarious. Yeah, 
back in the uh, i guess it would would have been god i don't know i wasn't alive yet but they had their thing where it was and you know the yeah, they're yeah, they're the drunk Canadian dudes. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and so I I know that's kind of what made them boom. They blew up a bit at that time. So that's kind of cool. Speaking of the beer thing, weren't you guys doing some uh, Tame and Sorry beer? At, or, or was Alex doing it? We've done a few different beers, um, but I mean, it's been a while now, and I don't know if we're going to do another beer, because the last batch, it didn't, it didn't work out. I'll tell you something. I was delivering the, the beer and, to people and hanging out with them, and honestly, like, we, I cracked one open with this couple, and like, when I drank it, I was like, is this, is this just like garbage to you? And they're like, yeah, it doesn't taste great. And I was like, and I was like... But the can looks cool. Does the design look cool? They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're keeping the stickers. And I'm like, but the beer is, is not great. And they're like, no. So I'll tell you what I think happened. We had all the beers stored in a garage, and it was supposed to be fine. And we were getting it in batches. It was supposed to be small enough to get it out quick enough. But I think some of it soured. And... Um, you know, that's what I think. And that's too bad. But otherwise, I mean, we've had, it's been mixed results, you know. Um, but we always try and, like I said, we bite off more than we can chew. Like, I'm, with the beer stuff, we had like an assembly line where we were putting stickers on cans one of the times. And it was just exhausting because you're trying to get them on right. And then, like, when we, like, I looked at the price tag for stickers and it was like, nine hundred and fifty dollars or something like that for like I, I don't remember how many stickers but it wasn't 950 yeah. and, you know and it's like oh my god we spent a thousand dollars on stickers <laughs> but but this is like you know that's you get into projects and as a band and they take you somewhere and you meet people you meet businesses you find things out you learn what things cost i guess yeah. I mean, these are the benefits I try and think of, you know, but all the things that ACDC said, I'll always say it's all true. And all the things that all the bands say, it's all true. And, you know, if you're watching it on YouTube and, and you're like, oh, why are the artists always complaining about streaming? And why are the artists always complaining that they don't get, well, they don't get paid. <laughs> the reason they're complaining is like 99 you are 95%, I guess, if I'm being fair, are not, they're not seeing their money back. To record an album today for a rock band, if they're taking, like, I'll give you an example. There's a Canadian rock band here that I love called The Damn Truth, and we opened for them not long ago, and they decided they're going to record an album with Bob Rock. Well, yeah, the legendary Bob Rock. And so they're from Quebec, so they're going to fly out to Vancouver to use Brian adam's studio the warehouse because that's where bob rock wants to record and everything there in the studio like supposedly in the warehouse there's nothing he doesn't have so if that's why bob wants to go there because he's collected like everything possible that you could need to, to use so here's the pro here's the cool thing like they're gonna get everything out of this experience that they want and more i have no doubt about it and they're gonna get a hit song out of it or more i have no doubt about that either but it's crazy for the bands because to work with a, a top flight producer like that, it might be something like $5,000 a song. 
So you get into an album of eight songs and your band is just forked out 40K. And the other thing I'll tell you is uh, that's just the first part of an album. The other part is you have to promote it correctly, which means you want to tour it. You want to get it on the internet. You want to get it everywhere. And that costs money. So, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's not, I, I can't see bands today doing this because they're looking to get rich and famous. Uh, I think that's where things have changed maybe a little bit. It's very passion driven. I would say even the people who are having success, um, it's very passion driven today. You know, I, I want to say I just read a headline and I was looking and I actually I was looking up the damn truth on Apple on my Apple music right there. I'm going to give them a, a listen because um, at my old age, if I don't go ahead and bookmark it, I'll forget it later on. And I'll be asking I'll be bugging you asking you, hey, what was the name of that band you, you were talking about? But I want to say there was an article that came out in the last couple of days that Bob Rock said it's not. uh it's not a good idea for bands to record an album these days. So yeah, he's dealing with it firsthand. Yeah. You know, he how's he's, he's trying to explain to these bands, like, look, he's worth every penny. He's worth every penny. And, and the thing is, is that's, that's the thing. Producers all, they work very hard to get um, their resume to a certain point and to be recognized for a certain skill set. And so he can't get, uh, like once you hit a certain amount, it's not like you get more, you know, he's, he's a legendary producer. So whatever rate he's put out there, it's like, this is a workable rate and it's fair to work with a legend who's, who's produced Metallica, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you, you know? Yeah. A lot so yeah. exactly, exactly. So it's just, um, as an artist, you crave working with, with these people. Like once you get into a produced album, you just, and you've done it once, then the next time you want to do it with better equipment. And then the next time you want to do it with a better engineer. And then you want a producer instead of an, an engineer. And then you want a producer who has an engineer <laughs> and onward and on. And it just becomes more and more um, addicting and awesome too. So it's not like, it's like, it's called the music industry for a reason. It's a team of people to make an album. It's not just a band. It's not just a songwriter. There's a, you know, a team of people that create a good song. And um, that's why it's an industry. So it's a team and everyone needs to get paid. And unfortunately, right now, the model sits so that the artist isn't making money. And in the long run, this will hurt um, the industry. So we saw a big boom uh, where we have all these new producers because of Pro Tools and the easy. It, it's easy for a lot of people to pick up and learn the beginners of, of things like that and, and record their own music. Um, but we're going to see some of that dial back. We're going to see some of that, I think, fall back in the next while because um, it's just a little bit, the industry is a little bit dominated right now, it, it feels. But um, maybe that's just my pessimism. Ugh. Get over it, Warren. Get back into it. Get back in there. Come on. Twisted sister that shit. Let's go. Yeah, man. You need to hook up with Taylor Swift. That'll get you out of it. Dude, did you see what happened with her and Celine Dion? They're making a big deal about it up here um, because everyone up here loves Celine. And I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But it's yeah. kind of funny. It's kind of funny. And yeah. so I told my I told people that were asking me about it. They're like, what happened? And I'm like, you don't understand that. Like, do you not know that like Taylor Swift is like the queen of hype? Like she is the best at creating hype. 
for herself and any artist that she deems worthy of it. And I'll tell you something. She never does something because she hasn't planned it because she hasn't thought of it. And that they were like, so you mean like when Kanye went on stage? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. She asked him to do that. Uh, she's not a, like, she's not a fool. She's incredibly smart. And, um, when she, when she threw shade at Celine, she knew that the next day Celine was going to be the front cover. She was going to be the number one topic. And if she just gone over there and like put her arm around her and smiled, would be nothing. But Nobody you know, would make anything. They were talking about earlier. She took a picture with her, and mm -hmm. to to and and then they came. That happened. Uh, and yep. and because uh, for those of you who don't know, Celine Dion's been in pretty bad shape here lately. It, it was mm. it was amazing that she was there because from what I'm hearing, it was it was hard for her to even talk. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of a shame with that because I'm gonna tell you what. Yeah, we listen to my, we listen to I listen to the Motley Cruz, I listen to the ACDC stuff like that. Hey, I'm not afraid to tell you, I yeah, it might have got old, but when my heart will go on came out, that was a beautiful <laughs> freaking song, dude. That woman has got she's got a killer voice. I mean, she's got one of the best yeah. there. Yeah, the memories I have of kids absolutely blowing that song at talent competitions and, and crying and their parents being like, well, I told you, I told you it was a difficult song. <laughs> oh, man, that movie when I was a kid, when I was like 12 or 13, like that movie, the girls, that's all they cared about. Leonardo, he died. Why did he die? What? <laughs> have enough room on that freaking piece of wood for him Rose <laughs> so i guess it would that be considered a ballad to start putting us on the topic of our list would would we consider that a ballad i would i think, think we would that would be a ballad I, and i'm gonna look up right now how how popular my heart will go on was how many uh, oh god it was disgusting yeah <laughs> Blah blah blah. Sony had paid eight hundred thousand dollars for the rights to the soundtrack. Let's see. I'm looking. I'm looking. Looking. Bear with me here. The soundtrack version was thirty-one seconds longer. Wow. Critical reception. <laughs> yeah. Accolades. Uh, here's the awards. Academy Award, Best Original Song in 1998. These are all in 1998. Uh, so far, Golden Globe Awards, Best Original Song. Soundtrack Single of the Year on Billboard Music Awards. Satellite Award, Best Original Song. Japan Record Awards, Special Achievement Award. Record of the Year in the Grammys in 99. Record Song of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture or Television. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Song yeah, all yeah, and it's wild. It was given a limited number of copies in the United States, six hundred fifty-eight thousand. Debuted at number one with sales of three hundred sixty thousand copies, where it stayed for two weeks. Uh, it's it. I mean, and yeah, it was out there, guys. But you know, there's a little thing called fatigue, and that got fatigued for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I could listen to Celine Dion, but that song, when I, I hear that, doo, 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 I, oh, I, yeah, you turn it off. Yeah, yeah. You run yep. away. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry, Celine. Yeah. You know, you're great, but sorry. You know, it's odd. Some of the ballads we, we, we will talk about tonight are oddly going to come up in the same, they're going to have the same issue. Which is they are overplayed. And so now they're looked at as not the best anymore. And then what has to happen is some time and space has to take place so that, you know, you can get a breath of, of air to realize, again, how good that, that song was. But, I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruin our lists or anything, but, like, just for as an example, you know, Hotel California. Okay, so there's one legendary ballad. Then I could could be on either of our lists, right? But man, that's overplayed just as much as yeah. as my heart will go on. But you know, you what? know, I will listen to Hotel California to this day just just for the guitar solo, the dual guitar solos from Don Fielder and uh, Gosh, what's his name? See, I'm it's such old. a vibe. It, it's it's, it's such a vibe. The whole thing that that yeah, you can listen to it and get into it over and over and over again. I agree. I agree. You know what? I, I have, I'm ashamed of myself, guys, because I remember Don Felder, but I didn't remember the other freaking uh, Joe Walsh. Gosh, how did I remember? How did I well, remember? I should have had you on that one. I should have. But, I mean, I would have been guessing, but that's, yeah, I should have known that too. Now, some of this on my list is probably going you know, one of them is going to be real. There's going to be some of the listeners out there say, that song is not supposed to be on here that's fatigued as i don't know what but there's some up here that people are probably haven't heard in a long time and that's excellent i'm going way back i'm going back to the 80s with a lot of these so we'll uh i don't know um, yours goes back but i did a little you know i i'll tell you something this got me diving deep um not only into music of course but uh, uh, all the music but got me diving into um our own catalog, my band's catalog, and looking at songs. And um, so obviously we've got um, Gone and Run Away was our first ballad yeah. Yeah. that was a straight-up ballad. And a lot of people tell me they like that song, like couples. And they'll, they'll tell me when they're drunk at shows, they'll say, you know, we made love. We made a passionate love to that song. And they'll be like, you know, 40s or 50s or whatever, Sometimes, and I'll just be like, uh, "Fantastic!" That, yeah. so you that might is exactly. You might be responsible for a population explosion in Canada. Yeah, and and maybe it may be true that this may or may not be true that you know a past member of the band may or may not have made some kind of love to a, a with someone in a car, a fan in a car, and and the album was playing, and um. <laughs> The comment afterwards to me was, uh, I never want to hear your voice again. Like, you you pretty much just ruined my life. And this was the band member. And, you know, like, you've ruined my interaction with this music. And I'm like, no, you did. You ruined it. Actually, you know? But, um, so yeah, yeah, that might be a made-up story. Who knows? So, anyways, <laughs> I, was, I, was going, uh, I was going through it all. And um, so... Ballad is Latin for dance. Now we're going to assume that they're talking slow dance, but right. we don't know. 
and it's a medieval French. It used to be a uh, chanson balade, uh, which is where you get the word ballad from. So I just said song ballad. That's all I said. But anyways, it was a medieval thing. And uh, it was all about adventure, romance, or a hero. And maybe a hero in a romantic adventure would really sum up what the, the great ballads are all about. And then, so what we have is, poet, po uh, poetry-wise, we've got four lines with a rhyme on the second and fourth lines most of the time. But sometimes you'll get an ABCD pattern, which for your poet writers out there, it's just a little bit different. It's instead of an ABAB, which, you know, which is the more uh, basic. I, I write mostly ABAB. I'm not going to lie. It's, but it, it's tried and tested and it's true. And you, you change that up to give a song a different curve, in my opinion, sometimes. But anyways, what else you're looking for here is a commitment to nostalgia. So you really want this song to make you feel like you want to go back somewhere. Uh, you want it to make you think about romantic love or community history. And again, it's really interesting because what is Hotel California? Yeah. Like it's about that community history, but it's also got the nostalgia and the romantic love. And then lastly, uh, characters hurriedly unfurling events. So it's a plot-driven song. So these characters are trying to go to a dramatic conclusion. And um, it's, it, yeah, so it's a slow, sentimental, or romantic song. That's how most people know it. But I tried to give some other details there that maybe uh, give some insight into how I made my list and um, what we think is going to make a good ballad. See that that's what I'm talking about here. When you bring you bring Warren on, you get a history lesson too. You get you get goes, You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go you go really deep, deep into what a ballad is. That's great. That's great. Yeah. All right. So since you've done all that work, I'm gonna let you start off at number ten. Okay. Number ten. I think we're gonna like I've got my I've got them all here. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to go with um, Stand By Me, uh, Ben E. King. Yeah. And I just think that it, it sets a standard going forward uh, for so many songs, be it pop or rock or pop rock or whatever, soul, R&B, on and on and on. I think it's just a crazy good song. The first time I heard it as a kid, I loved it. I was infatuated with it. I'll often judge a song today by, did I like it when I was a little kid and the first yeah. time I heard it? Because I, your judgment level is so great, I find, at that age where, you know, I remember being three years old dancing to ba-da-la-la-la-la-bamba, and that's my memory, you know, and being in a, one of those crib things, dancing with the babysitter telling me to go wild, you know? So I just, I, sometimes I try and judge a song that way. So yeah, Stand By Me, Benny King. Stand by Me took on New Life. I mean, I, I, I vaguely remembered hearing the song before, but back when the movie came out, uh, you know, of course, with the late River Phoenix, um, gosh, uh, Corey Feldman, uh, that mm. I can't remember the other two guys' names. Gosh knows. But anyway, that, that took on New Life for Benny King then, and uh, that really got it in the limelight for me. Stand by Me is a great song. I mean that's that's yeah. a good song. You uh maybe that needs to be one of the 
that Tame Sorry does a cover album. You'll do a Stand By Me on it. <laughs> and I know it's 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 kind of outside of the rock, but it's just yeah. it. I think um, that's why it's ten. But it, I think it influences so much of it. That's why yeah. I, I put it in. And I like what you said about you know as a kid, did you like it as a kid? Because there's so much as a kid that you know, I get what you're saying there. Uh, yeah. I, I I think I was. Ooh, that 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 was me at an early age. Did I like that song as a kid? You know, and, and I and and you know because I at such an early age I was you know my parents listened to music all the time, Beach Boys, Elvis. Uh, I can remember several other things that Dad listened to. Mom was all about Elvis. I mean that was mm. pretty much all I saw her li- listen to was Elvis. Dad had. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very that much. guy, man, he had yeah. some great ballads. And actually, I've got one up here on my honorable mentions of his. So, heck yeah. Uh, but yeah, let me. I'm gonna go ahead and get to my number ten. Okay. And this is probably gonna be a surprise to somebody, but this, as a 13 year old kid, uh, chubby little chubby and short, looking like a stump, uh, not. This song comes on the radio, and I'm not really aware of that band at the time or of their history. But hearing this song, and it was a ballad, uh, Amanda by Boston. Uh, Tom Dale has got one of the yeah. voices in the history of rock and roll. And when this song comes on with the, the uh, acoustic intro, and I'm like, and man, he, he hits notes up there that I'm like, how is this guy doing this? And the funny thing about this, they could put out that album in 86. It was third stage. This this song ends up being Boston's highest charting single with no music video. <sighs> Amazing. How old were you and where were you the first time you heard uh, Amanda? Uh, I w- this was this was actually had to be that year, so I would have been thirteen. It was in '86 when it came out. Okay, you're unborn. It had to be listening to like the radio station on my little little boombox, you know, and uh, yeah, and I was just like, "Holy crap! Who is this?" Because I didn't I didn't know who Boston was then. And, and then of course you go back and and listen to all the the great debut album by Boston, probably one of the great debut albums in the history of rock and roll. And to know, you know, I didn't know this till doing the research. This, this song was actually demoed in 1980 by Boston. Wow. And wow. it was their first single since 78. And I mean, shortly, I, you know, of course, this, this album third stage gets Boston back in the limelight again. And people start, like me, start discovering what Boston's past was. And the man, but Amanda, for me to this day, uh, there was a lot. There, it brings back a lot of memories. You talk about nostalgia. It brings back a lot of memories for me. High school dances and stuff. They play. That was sure to be played every, every dance. But uh, yeah, it, that's my number ten right there. Is Amanda by Boston. Very nice. All Want right. me to jump in now? Go ahead, buddy. You're good. All right. Number nine. Let's go Canadian. 
uh, let's go Skid Row, I Remember You. Oh. And I mean, so that's more, I think, you know, that's 80s for sure. That's yes. more up the alley of rock, classic rock ballads. Um, yeah, so Sebastian Bach, of course, I think is like one of one of the best voices one of the best voices and honestly he was too cocky i get it he was way too cocky and he threw too many people off but man did he look gorgeous right i mean i'm a man but i can appreciate that in his prime that dude was a killer the stone cold killer and uh, prototype 1980s rock band lead singer he did he was supposed to do I, i'm sorry yeah you know yeah. There were two of them now but that guy yeah. he fit the mold so well yeah yeah he was awesome and uh i also love him in the trailer park boys episodes i don't know if you've ever watched those I have, my brother's what loves the trailer park boys i've got to give it a try Basically, there's some episodes where the boys are interested in going to a, uh, a model train convention, of all things, um, because Bubbles is obsessed with it. Bubbles is that character with the big glasses, right, with the uh-huh. coke-eyed glasses. So he really wants to go to this train exhibition. And who is there for some reason with his trains on display but Sebastian Bach? So, I mean, it, it's pretty great. It, it's pretty fantastic. You have to get into it, it, it you know. It's great. I remember you was actually uh, was it our junior, my junior prom, the theme of our junior prom. And I remember because we had to, when you were a junior at our school, we had to build the the set for the prom, and we have to come up with the theme, and that was a big hit, man. So we just did. So let's go with Skid Row. Let's go with I Remember You. So, but yeah, I remember getting that album or getting the cassette. Cause I'm that old getting the cassette and seeing them on like, you know, I go to my friend's house cause I didn't have cable watch headbangers ball and, and seeing Skid Row. Then when they come out with, cause that was a thing back then, there was a formula for these bands in the ages. I want, you know, you call them hair bands, whatever you want to, they don't like being called hair bands anymore, but that was the formula for them back in after, after, I think after Motley Crue home sweet home came out, they yeah. were all said, okay, Here's what we got to do. We've got to have at least one power ballad on an album. He said, and sometimes mm-hmm. oh, some of them would do two, but you definitely know, you're going to at least get one. And everyone was doing it. So, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely that that didn't make my list, but it's one of my honorable mentions we, that we we'll get to later. All right. So my number nine, and it's mm-hmm. this that some people are going to probably crucify me for and say it's, oh, it's fatigued. Uh, yeah, it's probably fatigued, but it was, and say what you want to, the haters on this, this song, but I guarantee you, back in the day when it came out, if you were around <laughs> back in the day when it came out, you were dancing with a girl, you were listening to it, not, you were singing it when you were by yourself, for sure. Comes out October of 88. The third mm. single, single from their second album, Open Up and Say Ah, talking about poisons, every rose has its thorn. Uh, I saw it. I was I was thinking about taking it, and can I tell I honestly knew you were gonna take it. I said, <laughs> I'm not gonna I, I I said I said I just know it. I know this song in some way. He he lived through this song, so there's something about it. I knew I know how powerful that song is. Yeah, that's that's a big one. 
my first concert was from that that tour, the Open Up and Say Off tour. They, uh, who opened? Tesla opened up for them, and we'll get to Tesla in a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, song, it's funny. He wrote this song about a night when he was in a laundromat waiting for his clothes to dry, and he called his girlfriend on the payphone, and he heard a male voice in the background, and it said he was just crushed. And he he sat there in the in the laundromat and wrote the lyrics to every rose has a thorn. So never know what you <laughs> might get the inspiration at. You know, you might write. Who knows? You might be delivering beer again and write the next big single for Tame Sorry. <laughs> Listen, it's true. All the stories of how the good songs get written, I think, are they're all pretty funny. They're all you know. I like I like the one where Chris Cornell says, you know, with Black Hole Sun, how he woke, how he dreamt it, and he woke up and he and he got in the car to go somewhere and he sang the whole song. He said, "I sang the whole melody, the whole song. I just sang it driving, and then I went home and I put it in chords, put it on guitar." So he says, "You know, it was in a dream. Well, why? I don't know." So I I think it's cool. You never know where it's going to come from or how it's going to happen. Um, I don't really have any magic, magic stories like that. You know, I think it's, for me, it's Not mostly yet. a grind. <laughs> Not, yet. Not yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I hope he wasn't dreaming of the, the video for Black Hole Sun. That's a freaking nightmare there. That, that video is like, like mm, knowing his like, mind, it very well could have been, you know, sadly. You talk about a voice. That guy had a an iconic voice there. I mean, no doubt about it. You knew. Oh, him and Chester going down one after the other was losing two of the best vocalists in the world back to back. I mean, they in their realm they weren't really challenged. You know, they, in their each respective genre, I would think they sat they sat at the top. I mean, look, Lane Staley and and other guys like that could challenge Cornell, but they left very quickly. They didn't have a, a very much staying power, unfortunately. And Cornell was from that from that horrible, amazing Seattle scene that produced both the best but also the most self-destructive rock artists that America could have made. And I mean, I don't know why they all turned out so um, self-destructive, except we talked about the drugs uh, earlier, you and I, about how it's gone to hell and vancouver and parts of the states um with the fentanyl and crap like that so you know i understand i understand and it's not easy being an artist that's the other thing people are like, how do they keep falling into this trap well you know feeling good comes from writing a good song and having it responded to well and all this and that and you get incredibly great feelings from that and great feelings from being on stage but the lows that come with it it's like being a professional athlete yeah. And uh, here in Ottawa, we have this hockey team here. And um, yeah, I'm sorry for your American listeners, but yeah, we've got this hockey team up here uh, in Canada. And I'll tell you what they what they're criticized for right now heavily is uh, what they're calling game management. So they're saying that all these guys are kids, and there's not enough veterans to tell them, look, don't get too high and don't get too low. So what if you score a goal? So what if they score a goal? It's not about getting too high or getting too low because that's how things compound and and all of a sudden spiral out of control. So, 
yeah, that was my little analogy thing, but I, I you know, I spun out of, I spun out of control there myself. See, Are we on eight now? Yeah, your number. See that? That's what I. That's what you know. You get Warren on here. You get history lessons, and you get analogies. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. we got metaphors. Oh god, yeah. The show, the show IQ has just tripled with Warren. On here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need some more beer, then I guess. All right. Uh, let's go with number eight. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to keep it Canadian again, just because it'll be funny this way. April wine, just between me and you. And, uh, of course this is also miles. Goodwin uh, just passed away, uh, not very long ago. And he was the lead singer, the writer, the founder of April wine. And, uh, for us up here, they're a heavy hitter. And especially yeah. when it came to ballads, they released like four or five, six crazy well-received ballads kind of like boston you know um uh in sticks um that type of thing and you know uh but they were our canadian version i guess you could say right um yeah and see that's somebody i've been meaning to listen to since the last time you were on because you talked about Mm -hmm. i have not i've got them on actually what's they're coming up on my list what was the what's the name of I got their album. Nature of the Beast. Is that one of their albums? Yeah, they're they're pretty amazing. I, I think you'll I think you would definitely love it. I'm gonna give it a shot. I've got it on my list up here. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely dive into that and I think you will yeah, it's seventies. It's it's seventies, early eighties. Yeah. It's gold. <laughs> I think I think they were actually, and I may be wrong here, but back before playlist and before you had the now that's what I call music albums. There were there was a record company called K Tail Records that mm. would come out with these albums that had like uh, the greatest hits of, of of that year or something like that. And I want to say April Wine was on one of them we had, but I may be wrong there. But uh, and very possible. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So number eight on my list is this band, and we're going back to the eighties again. So big shocker there. Um, <laughs> this band was probably at their prime at this time, nineteen eighty-eight. They had just come out with this album that for for. Fans of that band, I mean, they went on a like a, a three record stretch, especially with the three records I'm thinking about that were just killer. Uh, the New Jersey album from Bon Jovi, I'll be there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That and I mean, it's it's got some nostalgia for me too. Like I said, we could go back with most of these songs and, and go back to my high school like dance and stuff. Listen to that and and where cassette again uh but these were the old days and man i'm talking about when i'll be there for you came on i was like okay these guys have hit their prime right here i mean they know what they're doing they knew exactly what to target uh these and i mean they had the girls eating out of the palm of their hands with this song <clears throat> and uh there was a line in there that I, I kind of wonder, I would love to hear how this song was uh, was wrote when the, the line near the end, didn't mean to miss your birthday, baby. I wish I'd seen you blow those candles out. 
I'd love to hear the story mm. of how they came up with that. Because mm -hmm. the story with me as a kid, and I'm not a, I'm not proud of this. There was a girl I was date. I was well, if you call it dating at the time, but Valentine's Day come along, and you know, big doofus right here. I guess Valentine's Day snuck up on me, and I she gave me all this stuff, and I had hardly anything for her. And you talk about <laughs> felt so bad. To this day, I feel bad about. It. That's one of the, that's one of my shameful parts as a teenager for me. And I was like. When I heard didn't mean to miss your birthday, I was like, didn't mean to miss Valentine's Day. <laughs> so I think that's interesting because um, it's nostalgia, but it's a negative nostalgia. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Like it's a painful nostalgia, but you still enjoy in a way having it brought back to you yeah. in a musical fashion. But you know, like it's not only remembering the first kiss. Sometimes it's remembering the first time you just screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that was definitely one of the first times. I'm trying to think. Was that the first time I really screwed up with a girl? Because let me tell you, 13 and four, 13 years old. Like I said, stumpy, looked like a stump. Then somehow, 14 year, summer of my 14th year, I got I had a very little growth spurt, but I had mm -hmm. I down and. That's when it was like, hey, they were starting to notice then. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. I like this. I like getting noticed. But, yeah. So, yeah, that probably was my first time really screwing up with a girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, Bon Jovi. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, what do you think about the painful performances that they showed of him? where he's oh he's really God. struggling and it's really painful to watch and i don't know why anyone would want i, I mean i guess he, they need the money like i i understand from this perspective i understand that he has got a team of probably like 150 people depending yeah. on a paycheck and if he says i'm not gonna go i'm guessing none of them get a paycheck so i mean that's the only way i could see him forcing but, himself in those you know, situations i'm here now and, and matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I just recorded a top 10 Bon Jovi songs with the guys from the Right Between the Eyes podcast that may already be out by the time you hear this. But uh, we talked a little bit about there's a, you know, there's a lot of Bon Jovi news going on right now. Uh, you know, the 40th anniversary of, of the debut album. Um, and I, there was a lot of rumors going around. Maybe him and Richie are getting back together. I think that's kind of died down. I don't think that's going to happen now. But the new album is was announced. There's going to be another album, and this will probably mm. be the last one. And if it's like the last album that came out, it should be the last one because the last album was terrible. I mean, it, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. but the magic's not there. No, that's I mean, that's the there is a magical element to music, and it's it's a chemistry. It's yeah. it's the band members and the songwriters being on the exact same page in every single way. And I can see that at their points uh, and what they've gone through, that it, it wouldn't be the same, you know. It hasn't been the same since Richie left. I mean, they no. had they had a chemistry not only on stage, but as songwriters. As a, as a, I would put them, and people will probably laugh, I would put them in my top five of, like, duo, rock duos. I mean, because they... You, you could argue it, definitely. Yep, they, yep, they yep, had, yep. They had chemistry, no doubt about it. 
But what I'm hearing too, he hasn't said anything about touring. And I don't think he's, you know, maybe he shouldn't. If his voice is, is like it was the last tour, maybe he shouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. But I mean, obviously they love him. If he's selling the tickets and people are still going, it's just, it's that old cliche saying, are they laughing with you or at you? So are they going to see you because you're good or because you're bad? And, you know, I'll tell you, American Idol or Canadian Idol that I worked on up here, you get your golden ticket, right? If yeah. one after your audition and you audition for a TV producer and TV producers are the most evil people you love, you'll ever meet. I mean, I promise you just, you know, they, they'll, they, what they want is great, great action. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you either got to be really bad or really good yeah. to get, to get that golden ticket. And so I guess that's the line that Bon Jovi's playing with right now, but I wouldn't want to play that game when, if I, wow achieved the the quality that he had produced i mean he was one of the best rock vocalists oh, and no, definitely no. one of the best lyricists um like you were talking about duos like talk about like shot shot through the heart yeah. just you know how they write an entire song off one line yep. and then then they figured that out that was their trick we're just gonna find one line all the time that we wow. think is amazing yeah. And then that's it. We're going to go with it. So, I mean, little tricks like that. I, I, you, every band offers you little insight into how they did things. It's kind of cool. Here's All right, thing. number Hold on. seven for me. About touring. If he tours and you people out there buy tickets, you guys know what, what the situation is. So don't come, yeah. come up there and say, oh, he sounds hard. Yeah. The guy's been putting it out, putting it down for 40. Same thing with Paul Stanley from Kiss. The guy did it for 50 plus years. Give him oh, he canceled the show here in Canada. He, he canceled the shows and people just lost it. They went bananas. Well, all, all the people that I, I'll say, are Taming Sorry fans that I'm, you know, friends with. Um, and I'll see their reactions on Facebook and, oh, we're going to Toronto tonight because they canceled the Ottawa show, but we're going to go. And I'm thinking he's canceling the show tomorrow too. If yeah. it's bad enough that he's canceling this, he's canceling tomorrow. And, worried. uh, he, he wasn't really worried about that. He was just worried about getting to freaking, uh, Madison square Gordon to finish. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Poor anyways, poor Canadians, right? Those oh, <laughs> poor Canadians. Okay, speaking of which, uh, number seven. We'll go number seven here. I'm going to take a – let's go Brian Adams. Ah. Everything I do. And um, I do it for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Brian Adams, I think. So there's a bit of a connection here to Ottawa. He spent some years here where I live uh, during high school years. And I've got some good stories from people that, that knew him. Uh, Tom Cruise also lived here for a couple of years and there's also funny stories about that um but anyways so getting back uh uh who was i talking about now brian adams exactly so he went to high school here and uh some buddies of mine who are older and come out to our shows and that and support us they, they were in the band with him i guess for a week and they said after a week brian just came in and he just said guys i just you know, we're on, we're in different places. I want to go. I want to take this really seriously. And I just don't think any of you are up to it. Hey, and just like that, he, you know, Jimmy and Jody. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly, right? <laughs> well, actually, the guy told me the story. The guy told me the story. His name is Cannon. Shout out to Cannon Paglam. Um, real estate. Come on, Ottawa. Go get Cannon Paglam real estate if you want to buy or sell your house. He's a I good dude. Um, anyways, uh, I've got lots of plugs tonight. For example, okay. I'm quitting smoking. I'm, I'm quitting smoking. So the, tonight's uh, top 10 list is brought to you by uh, Nicorette Chewing Gum. Um, this shit's horrible. I really want a cigarette. But dude, it's a good thing, dude. Let me tell you, and you're not going to believe it. I'm 50 years old. I've never touched a cigarette in my life. Good, yeah. good, because I, I, I'm almost ready to go tackle somebody for no, one. Don't do it. How long have you, how long have you been without one? But five days. Five yeah. days. Dude, <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you, my dad, my dad smoked like a freight train from the time he was like 14 years old. He had back mm-hmm. when he was uh, in his 50s. The valve blew off his heart. He he lost a lot of blood, a lot of fluid. He swears up and down. After that, he didn't want, uh, which we weren't allowed to have one, but he said, I lost a craving for nicotine. He said, I swear, I think when I lost all that blood and that fluid, it got out of me. Nicotine got out of me. So, yeah, yeah. don't do it, dude. Don't do it. I'm fighting. I'm fighting the good fight. We got big plans this year. The band's got big plans. I'm trying to get my voice ready to go on. Uh, to, 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 yeah, I want my road to. I want my road. I want my voice to handle the road. Okay, you know, make it through a show to show tonight basis, and right. you got to take care of yourself. Plus, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm not. I'm not a hundred yet, but I'm getting a little bit older. And uh, how old am I? Yeah. I'm not allowed to say. I'm 29, but. I already said I was oh born in 86. So I, I was bo- I was born in 86. So, y- you know, there you go. And uh, I feel like I'm ancient now, you know. But that's just because I've been doing the music. I've been living this life. So you don't count the days or anything like that when you're rocking out and you're playing music. You just, you love it so much. And all of a sudden you look back and like I did the, I did the Facebook post the other day where it was showing like where I was five years ago, where I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And each day I... Yeah, the same day, all these years, I was playing the show. I was somewhere performing. So, you know, it, it just shows, like, it's about what you love. It's about doing it. People say, well, yeah, it, it, it's true. Get into it. Do it. Doesn't matter how old you are. If you love something, get into it. Do it. That's Don't right. wait. The, the days are ticking. So just so just do it. Don't I, care what anyone says. Yeah. So I was number seven. I said, Brian Adams, everything I do. And I did the little story about Brian Adams. He, he's got this amazing warehouse studio in uh, Vancouver and my friends, the damn truth, they were recording there with Bob Rock. So that's my, that's my six way connection to everything I do. <laughs> and, you know, you talk about, we talked about a little bit about Celine Dion earlier with the Titanic. This was an epic soundtrack uh, uh, song from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Kevin Costner movie. And, I mean, she's Brian Adams is probably one of my top ten favorite artists, and maybe top five. Because, you know, from the time I heard uh, Summer of 69, you know, when Reckless came out till to, to now, and he still – Still puts out, and there is a kiss connection. I don't know if you know about this. There's a kiss connection with Brian Adams. Believe it or not, 
Brian Adams is one of the co-writers of, of Creatures of the Night album for Kiss of War Machine. I believe it. There's another yeah. one. I think it's Rock and Roll Hell. He, he co-wrote that song. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they were actually recording close by, I think, it, and he came down and talked, started talking to Paul Stanley, and then, you know, they said, hey, what, and he, I, I want to say he played a riff or something that they heard, and, and they were, they went from there, and War Machine was born, but. He's a fan, he was always an amazing songwriter, like, from, from day one, I think that was always, besides his voice, besides his, like, patent patent voice and i mean me as a kid what i what i fell in love about with brian adams as a kid was that song uh all for one and all for love and it was the trio right rod and and they're like three of my favorites it's sting and it's rod stewart and brian adams and like they're all killing it and they're all like a producer's wet dream each one is displaying why any of them a producer would just be like please please let me have this person to sing this song. Instead, he got all three of them, which, which was pretty amazing. The next but yeah. On, the next time you come on, is going to be top 10 Brian Adams song. Nice, nice. We can, I definitely, definitely. Look, and, and you talk about this song, but there's another ballad out there that I would put right next, maybe not as good as this one, but right next to it. Uh, oh, yes. Out the... Uh, what what was the name of his greatest hit album? So far, so good. So what? I think that was the name. I may be wrong. Please forgive me. Uh, just a great, great, and, and that voice. That voice has not changed either. He hasn't lost anything off his voice. Uh, no, the guy, just, no. The guy, incredible. I, I mean, I love some Brian Adams. He has a good side. I'll tell you this. He has a good side. Uh, he's told. I have a photographer friend who shoots his shows, and he's like the best photographer in the city here. So he gets like the prime seat to take the pictures and uh, prime position. Right. And he gets told you don't take pictures of Brian on this side. So he has a good side that he you know, photographers are told you got to take pictures this side of the face. Okay, so Kinda I'm cool. Gonna, I'm going to have to start looking at Brian Adams uh, pictures out to see what his good side is. So, uh, My dad was a janitor at the at the auditorium here at the Canadian Tire Center. He went out for a smoke. This was years ago. And uh, there was this guy in black boots and tight black jeans. And my dad tried to start selling them on my album because he thought he was a rocker. And the guy said, uh, thanks, man. I'm Brian Adams. I'm playing tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My dad's stories of being a janitor at this building are hilarious. I bet. Example. He watched Prince and Prince's group of his entourage played basketball outside the auditorium two hours before he went live exactly like the dave chappelle sketch exactly like it and i told my dad i'm like that's not fair people would have paid hundreds of dollars to watch that something that not many people would see yeah anyways it's time for your number seven stevie number seven and this is this is a band that came along in the late 80s and and matches to stay around for a while and they're still going today this was an epic epic music video i mean this is one of those they these this video pretty much it was part of a trilogy and this was was this part two i want to say this was part two um could have done maybe the song is a little too long i could have done without the the 
some of the stuff at the end. But yeah, Guns <laughs> N' Roses, November Rain. Um, yeah, I think our list would be like incomplete without that. You, the Use Your Illusion albums, this one was off, uh, was this the second or the first one? I forget. It doesn't matter. It came out. Um, Use Your Illusion 1. The the uh, third single from that, but when this came out and you see the video, and I'm like, I want to, they say all of this is based on like a short story by Dale James, who was a good friends of Axl Rose. I think he's passed away now. Uh, some mm-hmm. uh, short story called, excuse me, without you. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this video, I mean, you start off at a wedding, him and at his girlfriend at the time, Stephanie Seymour, uh, who was a doll baby. You can write that down too. She was a doll baby. I, there. I um, got it. I got it in brackets here. She was a doll baby. I'll tell you, so I'm going to use it, man. I'm going to use it. I'm going to shout you out. <laughs> I'm writing to the song credits. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to get like this. You're going to get this deposit in your bank account from SoCan, from this Canadian artist <laughs> protection group. It's like going to be 44 cents or something like that. Oh, but great. You'll be like, that's it. I'm a paid, I'm a paid artist. You'll be like, that's you know, exactly. I can you know, say I'm a professional artist, but this, yeah. this was actually when they recorded it at first. 18 minutes long. <laughs> Let me tell you, the guitar solo on here from Slash, I mean, what can you say? It's a great, this is nine minutes, a nine minute song. So they, they cut it in half, but the guitar solo for Slash, that after that, maybe do a little bit of the outro and they, they could have got by with that. But listening to somebody say over and over again don't you think that you need somebody don't you think that you need someone everybody needs mm-hmm. somebody you're not the only one that part oh, of yeah the, that part of song i could have dealt without but take really of, interesting not, not fifty thousand times though dude I'm just joking <laughs> just, i'm just being hard on you I, i'm gonna be hard on you that's all over and over i actually when it gets past the guitar solo, maybe I hear it one time go through, and I'll I'll skip the rest of it. But you know, you could you you hear Axel playing the piano at first, and then but the video is kind of confusing about what happens because you're at a wedding, <laughs> you're you're at the reception, and all of a sudden there's a guy diving through the wedding cake for some reason, and it rains, I guess for the November rain. And then the next thing you know, you're at Axel's wife's funeral. What? I want to know what happened at the freaking wedding. I want to know what happened. I'm I'm so so confused. Is your brain at least like, is it filling in the holes? Is it filling in the gaps for like with your imagination? Or is it just completely, it's just, it's ruined a song for you? (laughs) It's just, it just, you know, I'm sitting here watching it and I look at it. Uh, what the heck happened? You go from a <laughs> just like that, and it's not like, and I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. But it, you know, I don't know how much money they spent on that video, but I, I, I've heard it was millions and millions for the video. But man, it takes nothing away from <laughs> just like I said, it is a they call it a don't cry November rain. 
and Estranged form an unofficial trilogy. So uh, Dale James short story without you, certain inspiration for the video. So, and I've not been able to find freaking Dale James without you. If anybody knows where I can find it, let me know. I would love to, to read it and, and find out what the heck is going on there. But yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a great, great song. Uh, and Guns N' Roses at that time, you know, probably in their prime as far as popularity. Uh, and I think Axel kind of, on that tour, Axel kind of, uh, with his little shenanigans, probably probably damaged that a, a lot from going off stage and uh, ending shows early because he was, or not coming out till 11 o'clock because you're watching a Monday night football game. Yeah. So, stuff like that. If you ever get big, Warren, don't, don't go out there and say, hey, I was watching a hockey game and I couldn't start the concert till the hockey game out over. It went in overtime. So sorry I kept you two hours late. But anyway, but yeah. Number seven for me, November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Very nice. All right. Number six. Uh, I like to go with, you know, anything I can think of a personal connection to. And this one, I've got a couple of funny ones. I, I'm not sure like this. I, I don't know what you're going to think about this choice. I, I, I don't I really don't know. OK, here we go. Hit me. If you leave me now by Chicago. Now, this uh, song, the first connection that I think of immediately is in South Park. Um, there's a character <laughs> named Butters. OK, and Butters will often be alone. And you'll just see him all of a sudden. He'll start going, Ooh, baby, please don't go. And it's so uh, catchy. It really is so catchy. And, um, you know, if you leave me now, right. you take away the. Mm -hmm, it's so good. And let me ask you this. So, why, what did you think? Why did you think you didn't know how I would take this pick? I don't know. It's a little different. It's got the horns. Um, Chicago so, great. you know, um, there's this, uh, the guy who produced it, his name is Nick Blagona. Am I still coming through there okay? Yeah, I hear you. Nick Blagona. All me? right, let's see if we come back. Hold up. I hear you. I just, we're not lining you. up right now. Can you hear me now? I'll be right back. All right. So a little bit of the technical difficulty. We're going to, uh, we're going to, we'll edit this out because we're not live. And he is froze. Look at that. Look at that picture there. Though. Look at, look at, look at that face there. You got a ginger there, dude. <laughs> if he hears me saying this. Either that, hold on. How about now? Okay, I'm, there's yeah. Two horns up here at the bottom, and when the green room down here, there's two horns. <laughs> All right, let's hope that my internet here, my Canadian internet, can do the job. Um, you never know. You never know in the frozen north. Um, but dude, so. Uh, I love some Chicago. Yeah. And so Nick Lagona, my friend years ago, paid like 1200 bucks to sit on, on a producer session with Nick Lagona. 
and he played him some music that I was singing on. And this, I don't know, this was like 15 years ago or something. Anyways, he played some music that I was singing, a track that I was singing on. And Nick Blagona, this guy who produced this this band, he also, I believe, produced the Bee Gees. So he's a big fan of, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. So he said that the guy singing on the track, and he was referring to me, Nick Blagona's comment was that the guy singing on the track needs to pull harder on his pee-pee to get the notes out better. Because he's not... He's not hitting the high notes the way that Nick Blagona likes. So I never, ever would have satisfied the producer for Chicago or the Bee Gees. He, he loved that, ha, 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 you know, and I wasn't giving that to him, you know. So I got criticized by the guy who produced um, If You Leave Me Now. So there you go. That's my, my little connection to the song. <laughs> uh, I, okay. Another ballad, maybe not Chicago, but definitely Peter Cetera, you know, after Chicago. Mm, yes. Uh, from from the Karate Kid Part 2, Glory of Love. Uh, Big time. I was going to pick this. I'm so glad you did. I didn't pick I it because I, I was like. I didn't pick it. I'm just saying. I want to get your thoughts on that, Glory of Love. What a huge song. That song's addictive. Yeah. I mean, the first. The first time you hear it, you're like, oh, this is so cheesy. And like, why did they do this like this? But the second time you hear it, you're like, oh, okay. And then it, then it's over. It's very, it's very catchy. Yes. And look, there was a, there was a TV show. I don't know if you guys got it in Canada, but back in, it's been a, it probably in the early 2000s. Uh, called Yes, Dear. And there yes. Was a, there was an episode. Kevin James. Yes. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Kevin, Kevin James. It was, uh, I can't think of the guy. Oh, no. Yes, Dear. That was a different one. Who was Yes, Dear? I can't think of the guy's name, but he, he looks like, he reminds me of Kevin James. I can see where you said Kevin James. but Dang it. Now I'm there, getting, now I got to look. There was an episode where one of the characters, like, you know, you had the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law that stayed out in the little guest house, and then the brother that was the smart guy. But there was an episode where he was trying to find the uh, courage and the strength to to take up for himself or take up or do something. And every time it would it would happen, like where the moment where he would need to do it, the part of Gloria Love came on. I am a man who will fight for your honor. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, yeah, he would look up like, like this, like, and he was getting the strength from that song. So that was that was great. But yeah, Karate Kid too, man. I, I love some Karate Kid. Uh, Hell yeah, Daniel San, Daniel San, Mr. Miyagi, Cobra Kai coming up on the last season of Cobra Kai is coming out soon. Uh, just a, but I'm not too thrilled about the new Karate Kid movie. Have you heard about that? No. They're going to put a Karate Kid movie out. And look, when they did the reboot or the remake of it with uh, Will Smith's son and uh, Jackie Chan, my daughter was, a, she was young. And of course, they had the Justin Bieber song on it. And uh, she was she was going through her Bieber phase. So we had to watch it over and over again. But they're going to have, I guess it's going to be like Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, Karate Kid in the Karate-Verse. Jackie Chan's character and Ralph Macchio's character is going to be in the movie. You know, I don't think Beaver's a face. You know, I, I, 
I, I, I used to not dislike the guy a little bit, but I don't. I, I love him now a little bit more than I used to. Uh, he was at the All-Star game here in Canada. So that got him a lot of points with the Canadian fans because he was skating around. And I'll tell you something. All the players were coming to get their picture with him. Yeah. And he has like this, he has this like patent smile thing where he like tilts his head and like, and it's like the same thing for everybody. And it, but he's so good at it. He's like, yeah, yeah, come on over, come on over. And he can, they wrapped out like 25 pictures in like five minutes, you know, cause he's able to just go, eh, 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 Mr. Beautiful, you know, but uh, he's, he's a hell of a talent. There's no denying that. Like he, he's pound for pound very talented amazingly so so i don't think anyone canadian wise we, we can't even we don't even try anymore we just say yeah he's the best yeah yeah like you know because there's taylor swift right you guys got the you guys have the og you guys have the best you guys have the best of the best so the fact that we got beebs in there at least that gives us something in the modern world because like you were saying it's like it's going back to uh, my heart will go on with celine and that's 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 going back, you know. Oh, yeah. That's going back to the days of El Nino. <laughs> that's going back to the days of Titanic released on VHS, and it had to be two different tapes. You had to you had to take take one out and put the second tape in to, to watch the ending. So yeah, it wasn't streaming or anything like that. But all right. So my number six, and I've mm -hmm. got a tie. I've got a tie. And this, okay. is my band. this is my band. This is Kiss. Of mm -hmm. course, the uh, iconic power ballad for them from the 80s was Forever. And that will is, is a big time hit for me. And the biggest thing on, on Forever for me was Eric Carr's drumming. This is a ballad, but when you see him start on the video, I love the video when he starts. And I mean, he hits it hard. But this was, this was, you know, Kiss had kind of been on the back burner, and this put them back in the top 40 again. Uh, Co-written by, of all people, Michael Bolton. Paul Stanley and Michael Bolton wrote this song. Uh, hey, Michael Bolton could probably have a few songs on our list, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you really went, if we really went, we could go by year in the eight, like every year in the eight. Oh, yes. Like oh, yes. Time some great ballads that we're not talking about tonight, but the tie, all right, forever is, is one. The tie is another kiss song that I think if it should have been released as a single and it would have been a big hit. If, if they hadn't done it in the makeup, this was off creatures. Paul Stanley in his prime singing. I still love you. I don't know if you've ever heard that song before. But I think so. The if I can make a suggestion to anybody out there that has not heard it before, go Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your music at, and listen to the unplugged version of "I Still Love You." This song was written about his relationship with you may not remember this lady, Donna Dixon, an actress back in the early '80s. Another doll baby. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Believe it or not, she dumped Paul Stanley for all, all people. You mentioned him earlier. Dan Aykroyd. 
she was married to Dan Aykroyd for a lot. I think they recently just recently got divorced uh, a few years back. But she dumped Paul Stanley for Dan Aykroyd. And this is the song about, uh, you know, the heartache uh, and, and how he, his feelings. That, but, man, Paul Stanley in his vocal prime, that 1996 Unplugged CD or whatever, singing I Still Love You. That is Paul Stanley. Uh, that is all what I always remember at his best right there. But, yeah, Forever and I Still Love You, two great Paul Stanley and Kiss ballads. You know, if you guys haven't checked that out, I know everybody thinks of Kiss and thinks of the guy who spits the fire, breathes fire, spits blood. But, yeah, we got they have a softer side, too. So check those two songs out. But those are my number six. Very nice. All right, number five. Let's go with uh, Purple Rain by Prince. Um, I just think that's a big mm, powerhouse one to start the top five off with. And uh, obviously everyone loves singing along with that song. So, I mean, I think that's, again, that's another great tell. How great is the song? If everybody wants to sing it. If everybody just starts singing the song, it's pretty good. You ever seen the movie? Uh, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic. As good as, as the song is, it's one of those cult classics because it's so bad, it's good. You, you have Exactly. To, are you going to purify yourself in the lake, in Lake Minnetonka, whatever the name of that lake was? Yeah. Lake <laughs> oh, my God. And then, <laughs> lake Minnetonka. Oh, it makes me think of Dave Chappelle immediately. Really. Yeah. Like, it starts going into yeah. the Dave Chappelle impression. Yes. The, the, the uh, Morris Day at the time, oh my gosh, they were hilarious in that. But it was not an Academy Award winning movie. But if you get a chance to watch it, dude, it, it was great. I remember buying into the whole Prince thing. I was in that, I still was a Kiss fan, but the Prince and Michael Jackson phase too, where I bought the Purple Rain t shirt and you know, all that stuff. But yeah, Purple Rain. I'll probably that's a little bit further up on my list. So we that's that's probably gonna be our first uh our first repeat there. Nice. Well I it's top five. Uh, I put it top five. I didn't wanna I did I didn't want to steal your thunder, I'm sorry. It's number, it's number four for me. No, that's fine. I like it when we I like it when we have uh repeats up here somewhere. It just shows we got the same taste somewhat. Mm-hmm. So uh number five for me. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was shocked to hear that this was not this band's original song. That another another band had wrote it and recorded it back in '83, um, and it was actually recorded again by an actress named Valerie Stevenson and actor John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, this is stuff that I was shocked to hear. It was for a that is pretty shocking. A CBS sitcom back in '84 called Dreams. Hmm. Now I have not. I have heard the original version. I have not heard the John Stamos version. So I'm gonna have to go wow. back and see if I can find that because their uh their their character's name in this Dreams was Lisa Copley and Gino Manelli. I'm hmm. like, freaking hey but anyway the 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 group that made this iconic for me was uh ann and nancy wilson and heart 
and the name is alone. Um, I have it on my list. Yeah, there we go. Gosh, nice. So that's you your get, number five is is alone. Yes, the piano intro, and with but when that guitar hits, especially on the mm. video, that crowd just raise up. Oh my gosh! And and let me tell you, the Wilson sisters have you know their sisters all. But we talk about the chemistry. They've got that chemistry, and mm-hmm. uh, glad just glad to see their work. They've worked things out. They had a little rift between each other for a couple of years, but now it seems like that's done, and they're gonna go on tour and maybe come out with some new music. But I mean, alone, what can you say? Very about nice. That? It's 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 there to me. This song, and you know, I know heart. When they talk about like the self-titled album, they talk about Bad Animals, which I think is one of their best albums, top to bottom. And that album I could listen to front, backwards, no skips for me. Um, they talk crap about the this time in their in appearance, but for people like me that didn't know about at the time about Barracuda and Magic Man, this song got me to hey. What else did they sung? This got me to to go back in the catalog and find out about that. I mean, that's and that happens with a lot of bands. Bon Jovi still hates 7800 Fahrenheit. Uh, Kiss hates some of their stuff. I mean, Unmasked and The Elder. But you know, guys, if if it's good enough for us as fans that we like it, when you come out and say stuff like that, that feels like an insult to us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't give okay. Well. Sometimes uh, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, I'll I'll just say like sometimes, for example, with Slash, like one of the songs we haven't spoke about maybe here, we maybe uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." Okay, yeah. and, and and Slash he despises this song, and of course it's probably their most beloved song in the world. But the thing is, is they had nine solos. He played nine solos for this song. And the one that they picked Bye. is his was his number nine. Oh, so yeah. it was like the, 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 the solo they picked for it was not his choice. It was one of the solos he came up with. And then, of course, once it becomes legendary, he always has to play the damn solo the exact over same way. Over again. And so I think they just it's like the overplay thing we were talking about with my heart will go on. That was the same situation for them. If a band gets into the situation where this song becomes like as more prominent than the name of the band, then I think it starts to irk the band. The band starts to go, oh, well, we're not really Guns N' Roses. We're just said song titled, you know, Um, and that's what can get, I think, bands frustrated. And then you'll get the artists spouting off. But I mean... In the creation phase, they loved it. Yeah. There was a there was a time when they were really committed to to the song, and what's happened is is they just run out of commitment to it. <laughs> and, you, know, I they, think funny. you talk about "Sweet Child of Mine," and I did not realize it till a few years back what the intro his intro is. Uh, this it's a circus. It's the circus music. It's circus music. He yeah. played. And they use that for the intro to it. I've, and I was like, how did I not know this, not realize this all these years? But, yeah, I can totally understand that. But, you know, gosh. I, I hear I, it. I, the, the, 
they don't mean it personally. They don't mean it personally, but I understand what you're saying. I do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number four, and and this song kind of took some some heat, but again, movie connections and movies, the way they portray a song, it, it's so important in, in our in our pop culture. So, "Dust in the Wind" by Kansas okay. is is my number four, and my memory that pops into my head immediately is Will Ferrell in Old School. It's my boy Blue. That's my boy Blue. And it's 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 a powerful memory and him trying to sing the song and my I just remember hysterically laughing, but it is so appropriate. The song was so appropriate, but it's just also so cliche. And Kansas just has several of these songs that are like they're guilty, guilty pleasures. People yeah. love them, but they also love to make fun of them. But I mean. But it doesn't mean that there not there isn't something cool or great about it. And the reason it's number four for me is because it's just so referenced and everybody knows it. Like I think I could go to India or some foreign country and say, you know the song? Dust in the wind. And they'd be like, Oh yes, I know that song. Like I just that's my feeling with hey, it. Hey, you talk about movie movie connections, you, you talk about the old school, but uh let's go back to, to Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, when they went to get so Socrates, they, it's a, one of the things they said to him, all we are is just dust in the wind. Dust in the wind, yeah. <laughs> exactly, man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you mentioned, you mentioned Blue. I just put a meme, somebody sent me a meme, and I posted it on my Facebook group, uh, and they had NYPD Blue, and they had all the characters from NYPD Blue, and then at the front of it, they had Blue, up there like he was a he was a cop so that i said i had to post this my boy that's awesome my boy blue Blue. (laughs) (laughs) so my number four you just talked about it your number five was was purple rain by prince yeah um and this is you know as much as i love the song and i do love it um just like november rain you don't have to to do like four minutes of <laughs> it kind of makes it iconic in a way i mean it's okay at first but then and then at the end when you hear like the monks chanting in the background going, ooh, 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 ooh. but look, let me ask you this if you've had a few to drink if you've had a few to drink or if you've had a few tokes and you're standing outside, and it's blasting in your headphones. I like it, you know. But I mean, you have to have a little buzz on. Otherwise, your your critical mind, like you said, will come in. This, but these, yeah. This song has been like I played this song probably a million times. I'm sure. Um, oh yeah. And the first time I heard it, you know, when they did the whole, of course, you know, when you're when you're only used to hearing it on the radio. Of course, the radio is not going to play the uh, however however many minute version. Let's see how many how long was it? Eight minutes and forty one second version of it. They're going to play like the four minute ver- shortened version for for radio. So when you hear it, and then when you get the cassette, which I got it, and I was like, <laughs> cassette, and I'm like, that's so great. And I hear it, and I was like, okay, when's this going to end? Okay, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I hear the mm-hmm. monsters chanting, and I'm like, okay. But you know, taking nothing away from the song, it, it I mean, despite all of that, it's still see because you wouldn't get the lighters, you wouldn't get that moment with the lighters in the crowd swaying like this. <laughs> like that's why it's all about is that moment where the crowd is swaying and they're drunk and they're just they don't even know, but they're yeah. loving it. You know, that's that's why I think he put it in the song. But you're right. There's these moments in songs where it's like the artist seems to take liberties where they just they go a little bit further than we think it should call for, you know. But I think there's a method to the madness, especially when it comes to Prince, when it comes to people like Prince. They, they, they're, they're tricky. So the origin of the song, I don't know if you've heard about this. I have to mention this. Purple Rain was originally written as a country song. Yeah, and I believe it. A collaboration with, of all people, Stevie Nicks. Perfect. She, received, she said she received a 10-minute instrumental version of the song. I believe it was Monks and All. With, and Prince had requested uh, her to write the lyrics, but she felt overwhelmed. Okay. And she said, She felt I, overwhelmed? Yeah, she said, I listened to it and I just got scared. I called mm. it up and I can't do it. I wish I could. It's too much for me. So then he wow. band to, to try the song. Uh, and in the movie, in the movie, it's a, it's a little different, though, because Wendy and Lisa, yeah. who were part of the revolution, and still, if you watch the Grammys the other night, I don't know if you guys watched the Grammys the other night, they were out there with Annie Lennox when she did the tribute to uh, the uh, the deceased uh, musicians and artists, the people in the music industry this year, I'll put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. she was they, those two out there, and they are two talented ladies right there. They've done some some great songs over the years. Um, but yeah, they they played it in the movie like this was a song that they had put together, and Prince didn't want to do it. And finally, at the end, Prince decides he he takes it on his own, and he writes the lyrics, and 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 he decides, all right, we're gonna play it. And they're like so thrilled and all this stuff, but. Uh, Prince explained the meaning of the song as follows. When there's blood in the sky, red and blue equals purple. Purple rain pertains to the end of the world and being with the one you love and let your faith slash God guide you through the purple rain. He mentions it in 1999. I can picture him saying it. I can picture him saying this in his Prince ways. And um, that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. If, if that's actually what he saw, I mean, that's just, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, Stevie Nicks, what do I got to say to you, Stevie Nicks? Doing this together. Oh, I mean, first of all, Stevie, I just think you did too much cocaine. And that's, that's probably... I mean, anytime you do enough cocaine to put a, a hole in your freaking uh, septum up here, yeah, you've done too much cocaine, and somehow yeah. you're still alive. I mean, she's incredible. I, I don't know how she did it, how she's alive, how she survived, how she thrived, but a lot of them did. Somehow, a lot of them did. I mean, um, but yeah, great pick. That's a good one. Um, Purple rain. So now we're on number three? Yep, you're on your number three. Okay, number three. We're getting really serious now. Oh, boy. 
Okay, let's go every step you take, uh, the police. Every breath you take by the police. That's yeah. right. Sorry. Yes. Um, every, I thought you were doing some Bobby Brown there for a minute, every little step I take. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways, that's my pick because of how much of an earworm it is and how, uh, again, I love the story when I met with the guys from the London Choir Boys. These were guys who grew up uh, uh, with the Rolling Stones and from the same town and had a rock band in the same town trying to take off. And um, they ended up going on tour with Guns N' Roses and they just, they did too much heroin. The lead singer just did, did uh, he did way too much heroin. Um, so it just, it, it, it reminds me of the story of what they told me. I opened for these guys when they came to Ottawa and they said, we were over at Mick Jagger's house and Mick Jagger had called us up and wanted us all over because he just bought a brand new album. And he said, you need to hear this because it's going to change everything. We're not going to be able to be the same anymore. Like music is now going to be different. And it was the police. So it was this style of music that scared the shit out of the old rockers because they, they knew the power of this of this song they knew the power of this 80s feeling that the police were going to bring uh and i mean we love it because it gave such a nice difference and feel and you know styles but like it scared the rockers according at least according to the story i was told <laughs> is this a stalker song it is I, I i totally think it's a stalker song but but you know it's a sweet stalker song you know what? You know what another stalker song is that nobody, not to my knowledge, has ever come out and said it. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Uh, Def Leppard, two steps behind. You ever mm, heard that? Song? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I'll be two steps. Behind. Whatever you need, I'll be two steps behind you. Because it only takes a minute of your precious time to turn around. I'll be two steps behind. Okay, wait a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a stalker. Nice. Yeah. I just remember that when this song got so big uh, back in 83, uh, you know, my grandma and my great aunt kept us during the day, in the summer especially, and they watched soap operas all day. And there mm -hmm. was, a, was General Hospital that there was a stalk. Speaking of stalkers, the guy was stalking this lady. And they kept every time this that guy would come up, they played every breath you take. And I was like, this song is giving me the creeps now. And I and this was at and when I was ten years old. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. every breath you take. That's like, I mean, this was a, really the start of the police right here. This is when they hit it big. Yeah, and and, and according to the rockers, it, it changed the outlook for studio or for the record labels and. For everybody, it just it kind of changed the landscape. Well, that that was really at the time when I really started listening to the radio a lot. I mean, I heard a lot of different, you know, because at that age, I was like, okay, I've heard the bands I've heard are Elvis, Beach Boys, Kiss, the Bay City Rollers. Nice. Uh, yes, yes, I love the Bay City Rollers, dude. Awesome. Um, and then, you know, there may be a little bit scattered here there. But then when I turned the radio on my little, you know, I get the little radio with the cassette player on it. 
and I started listening to radio, I started branching out and hearing all these other guys. I'm like, okay, Casey Case was American Top 40. I listened to that every Sunday, and I started hearing more music, and I was like, okay, there's a guy named Prince. There's a guy named Michael Jackson, the police, stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, this is really, I would love to go back to this period of time. Yeah. And, I mean, as far as a kid, and start all over again with this, knowing what I know now. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he still does, but Sting, for many, many years, he bought his pedals for his guitars here in Ottawa because uh, a fellow here makes them custom. And so you could you can't get them anywhere else. So Sting would get them from this one guy in Ottawa. And uh, I remember reading that a couple of years ago. I wonder right. if he still does. We'll have to ask. I'm sure he's watching. So yeah, oh, definitely. I'll, I'll put a call in tonight. Every every second, uh, well, yeah, every second Wednesday night of uh, the month, he watches us on uh, on the fly. <laughs> Dang straight. Yeah. You wouldn't miss it. No. Nah. Never. Mm -mm. You should, and you people out there shouldn't. Uh, nope. Number three for me, and we mm -hmm. talked about we talked about poison a little bit earlier with Avery Rose, and I mentioned yep. Tesla opened up for them on this tour, and that night I'm sitting there listening to Tesla, and I was a fan of Tesla from Mechanical Resonance, and they had come out with the great Radio Controversy album which I think is great. It's one of, uh, if you haven't listened to that from top to bottom, it's a great album. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this guitar intro and it goes on for a little while. And then I'm like, what is this song? I mean, what is mm. going on here? And all of a sudden they break into the next number three on my list, Love Song which hadn't been released as a single yet at the time or a video on MTV. And when I heard it, I was like, holy crap, this is going to be a hit for them. You know, you've got the whole power ballad era. Uh, and But I'll tell you what, that freaking intro that they do for it is Frank Hannon, an underrated guitar player. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. he kills it. And then, Jeff, what can you say about Jeff Keith? People talk about him now. They say he looks like the Crypt Keeper. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, people are so nice. People, the, the, people are so kind in today's world. Oh, let me tell you, they're it's so considerate. No it's no telling what they say I look like, but you know, yeah, I, I, whatever. I, I, yeah. This song is, <laughs> and the video, the video is a concert video, and it, you just get the feel. Uh, of being at a Tesla concert, but man, uh, love will, they keep saying love will find a way, and I can't sing, so I'm not going to. But Tesla, like, that makes you a real rock fan. See, people who can name off, like, Tesla songs, I know, I know you're a real rock fan. Oh, like, God, because, because, like, they, they didn't get the hype, right? No. They didn't get the hype that other bands got. They were not a hair band. I don't care what anybody says. They came out with music at that time. They were not a hair band. They were more of a blues rock band. I, I mean, Tesla, Modern Day Cowboy, Changes, Signs, Love Song, Paradise. Uh, but what else? What was the other one? I've got it. I, I think I've ran out. My 50-year-old brain can handle it anymore. But Love Song, man, I... I 
I could listen to this over and over, especially watching the video, because I've said it time and time again. And, and you guys know, you guys have made videos. When you put a song to a video and a person see, if you already like the song, even if you don't particularly like the song that much, you're kind of on the fence. But when you see that video and you're like, holy crap, this brought out a whole new part of the song to me. And I'm going to have to go out and buy it now. I mean, that was a, there, were, there was a lot of different things that I saw on MTV when I go to my friend's house. Because, you know, we, like I said, we didn't have cable. But that I, there was a lot of times I'd go buy a cassette just because I saw the video on MTV. And that was it. But, yeah, love mm -hmm, mm -hmm. number three. Very nice. Um, okay, number two. It's kind of a kind of a tie, uh, kind of a tie here. Uh, let's go. We talked about earlier, like Hotel California. I, I think I have to put it in here in the two spot. And uh, obviously, it's just one of the, the the most masterfully written songs of all time. So I think that alone, you know, it, 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 the Eagles. Come on, the what vocals, the writing, everything. The harmony. It's so. The details, everything is there. Um, but what I put up beside it here is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. So oh, I think, wow. yeah. And and I think Fleetwood Mac as well is like one of those bands where I could have put like three or four songs in here in this list. Because yep. they're just so, they're so good. But those are my picks for that I'm tying there at number two. I have a Fleetwood Mac song as my one of my honorable mentions. And it's got to be the version from the dance, uh, the live mm. where, you, where they got back, Silver Springs. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the reason I say the live version is there's so much emotion in that freaking song, when she, especially near the end when Stevie Nicks is singing and she is just deadlocked, laser eye beams at, at Lindsey Buckingham and is singing that song to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when, you know, I would if I was Lindsey Buckingham, I probably would have been a little scared at the time. But you know, there's woo. something to be said for a band that um, has everyone in the band has had sex with each other. You know, there's something to be said for those kinds of bands, and they're they're rare. You know, rarer and rarer. And uh, you know, and there's another thing. People say, "Oh, well, you know, you're in a band with four guys." You know, it's like, yeah, that's it's better that way. You know, I, I've heard all the stories. I don't need any stories. And you can say, oh, well, you could be an adult. You could be a professional. You're right. I can. But we're just, can all five of us do that at the same time? Always, uh, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, great, great selection. Yeah, I, I think uh, Silver Springs, because my daughter, she is a big Fleetwood Mac fan now. And uh, she'll... Of course, we drive somewhere. She'll get control of the of the music, and you know, for the most part, I'm good with it. You know, there's there's some new stuff that I <laughs> on the fence of, but uh, you know, and then she brought out Fleetwood Mac, and I was like, okay. And then she brought out Silver Springs, but she played the studio album version. I said, hey, mm. not bad. Check out the one on the dance. Just nah. and why? And when we get home, we need to watch the video, and you'll see why. I said, because mm -hmm. even in the audio version, you can feel it. After you've seen the video, yep. you can feel it. So, yep. uh, 
Yeah, number two, Hotel California. Hotel California, like I said, just for the dual guitar solos alone. Uh, I mean, we're both we're both there, right? Like it's these. I mean, the Eagles can't do anything wrong as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they it's pretty might, hard to to beat it. Might be a bunch of buttholes to each other, but uh, yeah. hey, hey, that's bands. Bands. I don't have to worry. That's about bands, it. man. See what you put on stage. Um, number two for me, and I. This is a band that came kind of came out of nowhere to me when this when this came out because a lot of people liked their album before it and I hadn't really heard it. You know, didn't have MTV, but this is a simple song. It's it's a guitar and a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drummer in the video, the drummer and the bass player are sitting off to the side. One of them holds up a lighter at the time. Simple black and white video with just these two. And one of the great guitar players out there right now, or, or be, of that era and this era, Nuno Betancourt. Uh, I'm talking about mm. more, more Than Words by Extreme. Nice. Um, to tell you, and, I, and I've said it a million times on the show, I am a sucker for harmonies. And when Nuno does the harmony on this, I took it upon myself to listen to this song so many times that if if me and you were to get on stage and you sang Gary Sharon's part, I could and I, as I'm not saying I'm a great singer or anything. I've had you my hit time. those parts. I can hit the harmonies just like that. I know of nice. even to this day. If I hadn't listened to the song in a long time, I can hit the harmonies just like that. That I mean, so simple, such a simple song, but so powerful. Um, oh yeah. I remember when I was talking about people having sex to music. I mean, that's probably, I mean, that song right there. I mean, come on, that that's it right there. I mean, that's right up there with the Barry Whites um, uh, of, uh, of love making music and so many people's wedding songs. You know, I think a lot of people got danced to that song. Um, and yeah, it, the simplicity of that video is what made the parody of it. So amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like this, it it makes the parody so easy to do and it's cool. I love it. But, you know, and you don't really realize as a kid at that, well, I was a kid. I was actually, this came out about the time I was graduating. Um, but you don't realize what the song means. I mean, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. You know, anybody can say, I love you. And it gets to the point where if you say it so much, it kind of becomes uh, meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. And but then when you show it, you can show it. It, it means more than just saying the words. I mean, yeah, you'll feel it when people show it. You feel it. I, I mean, yeah. they and they actually had to fight with the record company to get this released as a single, which goes to show you. Record companies don't know everything. They're not as smart as they think they are sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Wasn't released. Extreme probably wouldn't. I mean, they may not have done another album. Well, it's it's just like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. You know, sometimes greatness, people just, uh, they're not ready for it. Certain people, they're not ready for it. But like. That's what's great about music, though. Some songs, they take two or three listens. 
Some songs, it's the first listen, and all the hits, all the hooks will hit. But most songs, they're designed where it will be like the second or the third listen, where you're going to start to appreciate, your brain will start to appreciate those hooks and where they're being repeated. Um, And that's what's cool about music. It can grow on you. It can change a little bit. Um, Yeah. The uh, quote, they said that Nuno actually quit the band over the issue with the record company. Uh, he said, our label at the time, which was A&M Records, didn't want to release more than words as a single because there was nothing on the radio like that at the time. The label said, who's going to play it? Everybody was doing big power ballads at the time. This was more like an Everly Brothers or Beatles track, but we fought for it. So, you know. So, yeah. As an artist, like, what are you supposed to go for right you're supposed to find a song like well as an artist you ask this question what makes a hit all the time what makes a hit is it the casey case from top 40 um i think deep down what makes a hit is you're willing to go to war for it yeah it's a song that you fully fully believe in like the band everyone in the band is like that i love that that song people are gonna love it like, I'll, I'll wager on it. And it actually becomes a thing where it's like, okay, how much money are you willing to put behind that song? How much of your faith are you willing to put behind that song? Because that often is what can define a hit for a band is it's the song that they believe in. It's the song they're willing to say, I, I, if you don't like it, I'm out, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that, what, what was that other song? There was something else, another song I was thinking of at the time that you have reminded me of. It, and as a, I'm getting old. I'm telling you, I'm getting old, Warren. All yeah, right. I know the feeling. Let's go to your, yeah, I bet you do. I number one? Boy, yeah, number one for you. All right. Okay. This was, for me, easy. Um, easy peasy. I don't think any of the songs compete with this one in my mind as, as a composition, as a complete music. What's that? Yes. Yes. uh, Yes. My heart will go on. No, believe me. Come on. This has to be your number one. I'm just, I have this feeling. All right. Let's see if we line up. My number one is by someone who recently passed away. Not that recently, but recently. I'm going to tell you Not right. yours? No. Okay. I'm interested he's, to hear who this is, though. It's Meatloaf. I do anything for love. And I think as a musical composition and as a music video and as a finished ballad product, I don't believe anything comes close. But that's just me. And that's what's great about music. You can be such a fan. And I just think he didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing... There's nothing wrong with w- the way no. I would do anything for love was made. Like, it's just every step that was creatively chosen was perfect. And, I mean, you could take it out of the context of the album. I mean, you put it into the album context, and it's like, what? The whole concept of the whole album, it's like, what? But, no, you can take it out and say, forget the rest, and it's still going to hit to me. It's easy, easy top ten for anybody's list, in my opinion. Yeah. And I just think, for me, it just it hits. It hits all the notes. 
So uh, I love Meatloaf. I, I fell in love with him the first time I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, <laughs> and I love his performances in that. And when I read that that movie launched his, literally launched him into respectability, I was, I was happy. I was happy to hear that, well, he got a chance, he made the most of it, and then people believed in him. And they gave him uh, what he needed. But I mean, that whole album to me is just, you're never going to get like a recreation of that. Like, it's just so, it's so perfect. So perfect. I'll, I'll go along with that. Cause you know, that song was the, the big comeback for him at the time. I mean, he'd done bat out of hell back in the, in, in the, what was it? Late seventies. I think. Um, when he like blew on, blew everyone out of the water and was like, yeah. here I am. And then I think he kind of, I don't know, the stories I hear, he kind of got burnt out uh, after that. He had put so much into it. He kind of got burnt out. And then I believe it. This in the video, I always wondered though, he said, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. What is that? What is he talking about? Is that just to keep us wondering what that is? That that's the thing. That's what makes the, it's so amazing. That's what makes, I think part of what makes the hook so great is it's asking your brain what what, what you wouldn't do. Yeah, you well, know. We, so then, every every person singing the song, singing along with him, is going. But what is it? What wouldn't I do for that person? And, and then, uh, that's a yeah. And when the girl starts singing. Mm. Sooner or later, you'll be screwing around. He's like, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was. A, like, oh, I love the way. Yeah, yeah, the way he's able to bring in the female vocalists in his songs and play with them like like it's an opera or like it's a play. I mean, that's where he really showed uh, rock music a new place it could go. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I have nothing. What was the? Uh, there was another song off that album. Rock and roll dreams come true. But what was the song? Gosh, there was people doing like a challenge for it. A couple, because Celine Dion did that song too. He did it, and she did it too. <coughs> Hold on, I'm thinking. What did he do? Like it's all coming back to me now. Mm, it's all Hold coming. On. Did he? I mean, that's that's definitely a Celine powerhouse right there. We could have picked that one. We could have put that on the list. I'm gonna look up. Yes, he did. It's all coming back to me now. That's crazy. But like he wrote it, or did he perform it at some point? Performed it. He performed it. He's the um, backing vocals on the Slim track. That's what it says. That's crazy. Uh, that's amazing. It said the hold on, power ballad written by Jen Steinman. Uh, Sunday Times. Said that Simon protects his song as if they were his children. Meatloaf had wanted to record the song for years, but Simon saw it as a woman's song. He won a court case which pre prevented Meatloaf from recording it. Uh, so maybe not. Girl group Pandora's Box went on to record it and was subsequently made famous through a cover by Celine Dion, which upset Meatloaf because he was going to use it for a planned album with the working title Bad Out of Hell 3. Why am I thinking that he did this? He would have killed it. Yes, he would have. If, there, 
if there's a version of that with him, I'd like to hear it. I'll bet you it's better than the Salin version. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, okay, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe I just imagined it. But for some reason, there was, I knew there was a meatloaf connection there. So I was right in the Nice. Way. All right. So my number one. And this song pretty much started the whole power ballad era. And I mean, it's a great a video. The video is like probably started the trend of bands doing the on the road backstage uh, videos, seeing what life goes, what's going on at on tour. Um, and it was a remake back in ninety. It got remade in ninety one. Not a great version. And there was also your buddy Chester did did a remake of it too. Uh, mm. I'm sorry, as good of a voice he had, I'm I'm. I'm partial to the original, but I'm talking about Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. I'll see you pain, 1985. Uh, I mean, this song, when I heard it the first time, I went, I can remember to this day, going to the local, when we had a record store, we had a shopping mall, and the record store was called Camelot Music. We mm. went in there, and I had been reading about Motley Crue's new album for months and months in the Hit Parade or Circus Magazines. So we went the day it came out, went and got it. And back in the day, this was one of the things that uh, I don't know if many people have seen it. The cassettes, they would have them in like a sleeve that was about this, this some of them, but this tall. And it would have decoration. It would have the pictures of the band and all this stuff on it, and I was like, I wish I would have kept that, but man, this, when I, I put this album on, and back, you know, I say it time and time again, back in the day, it wasn't like it is when you have Spotify, you have Apple, mm -hmm. where you, you can pick and choose your sauce, because you're not really, no. I mean, you're paying a set amount <sighs> fee. When you bought a cassette or an album back then, you were paying whatever it costs for an album except you were going to listen to that the whole way through and, mm -hmm. you know, starting off with city boy blues and then it gets to get to the middle of the first side of the cassette and i hear this intro and i'm like what the heck is this because you really didn't have power ballads from like hard rock bands back then no and but, and to to your yeah. point um about buying the album and what it meant and how today people who are born today or in the last 10 years, they didn't go through uh, the technological technical changes that we, we saw happen so fast where it went eight track to rec uh, to, you know, to the, to the cassette tape, to the CD, you know, or the record or whatever it is. And every time what's happening is people are spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on their music collection and it was very important to everybody, wasn't it? Everybody had to have, oh, yeah. and, and if, if some guy had a really great collection of music, that's where people went and hung out. And, you know, it, it's stuff, it's changed. It's so different. The world is so different than when I was 13 years old. And, and I'm sure it's radically different than when you were 13 years old, right? Like, and Dude. I don't think either of us are old. It's just time has yeah, the technological changes have been insane, and the impact on music has really been 
It's been wild. It's been wild. The fact that we're on Spotify now where people can just whatever the heck they want or YouTube whenever they feel like it. However, that was not how, how it was for me either. My mom had about 100 cassette tapes and then they changed the CDs. So then I started wanting to buy CDs. And then I now I have my uncle's record collection that he, you know, that he built up religiously in the 70s. And I, I love it. I love turning on my record player and putting an album on. I think it's great. And, you know, going back to our point of Bob Rock saying it's not smart for bands to do albums. And he's right that financially, unless you are a made name, um, you really there's not going to be any uh, monetary benefit basically yeah. <laughs> to doing that album and getting a single to go off the ground is hard enough. So if you, like I said, it's about finding that song you really, really believe in and that you're willing to basically mortgage everything on. Yeah. And it, that song will make or break you. But most of the time, because of the passion and the work you put into it. I mean, it's like I said, I, I look up to certain bands that I work with here. We're going to open for the lazies. I look up to those guys. Um, they've worked with uh, Billy talent a lot when they produce and write their albums. And Billy talent's a great band up here in Canada that I don't know how big they're in the States, but they're legends here. They're fantastic. And I would advise anybody down there to look into them. And they kind of discovered this band, these Aussies called the lazies. And, um, they're great. So, uh, and the damn truth, we were talking about them. Yeah. Same thing. Like they went, they're going all in. They believe in their dreams. They play in the UK. They play, uh, they're recording with the best rock producer in the world that they could possibly find. And, uh, so I'm proud of the, the little Canadian bands that I'm surrounded by or the Canadian projects that, um, we're trying to hit, we're trying to hit with the big, with the big guys, but, yeah. As you know, as, and I know this, and everyone in rock knows this, rock is the best. Do you know why it's so hard to get into rock? Because it's the best. There's no catalog like rock music. It doesn't exist. I'm sorry. I love all genres. You can't get me to say uh, that I don't because, listen, I've, I, I've taken African dance. I took jazz. I took tap. I took ballet. So uh, you won't get it Warren saying, oh, I don't like that genre. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was raised in the country, so I grew up on country and western. So I know they're going to tell me that they're the best. And I know that hip hop's going to tell me that they're the best. And they're both right, but come on, Brock. The, the catalog's insane. The catalog's insane. And, you know, you just start with the Beatles. <laughs> you know, if you want to. <laughs> There's so many other places. My album challenge, I just listened to, you know, that I know it was the greatest hit album two greatest hits album, but the red and the blue albums. And, you know, like I rank them one to five, each song one to five. And I was surprised because I'm not that big of a Beatles fan, but I was mm. surprised at how many songs I had at four and fives. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it, like some, one of my honorable mentions here was something by the Beatles. I think that it, I, but the, the, the vocals, and the guitar on that song, you know, we're waiting for that. Oh my God. Yeah, man. man. It's genius and it's magic. That, that Beatles stuff is magic, man. That's and it, 
by far my favorite. <sighs> I'll go ahead and give that away right now. That is by far my favorite Beatles song. Uh, and I, I think that's George Harrison singing it. Uh, it does a great job. I, I love that song. You could go on and on with them, right? Like, they're just... Well, yeah. One of my honorable mentions I wanted to get to was uh, Chris Stapleton uh, starting over. Now, it's not rock, but as a ballad or a balladeer, if you want to talk about songwriters and, like, prime, it's like Chris Stapleton, folks. If you're yeah. not into him, then you're missing out. You and, really uh, yeah, so I wanted to bring him up as an honorable mention just as, like, you want good ballads or, like, good songs that hit you hard in the heart. That That's where you need to go. And I wanted to say, like, uh, I found this song, and I really liked it, and I hadn't heard it before. And it's Kate Bush, Weathering Heights. So it didn't make my list, but I liked it. And I thought the chorus was weird and trippy and it pulled me in her high pitched voice. So I tell people, check that one out. Um, but yeah, I've had so much fun. I want to talk about one more thing about uh, Taming Sorry, my Go band. Um, so what I was talking about the ballads. So we did Gone and Run Away. And I love that song. And I love when people... Um, tell me they like that song because we didn't put any big budget into promoting it or anything it's just it's one of those songs with people if they buy our um if they buy our album then they're gonna get it i believe and so we did this song on the last album kiss you goodbye it was the last song we had to do we wrote it in studio and um when it was like as our producer saying like yeah you've got all these bangers but you need one ballad like you need a ballad otherwise it's not an album and we were like, okay, so there you go. That's exactly. it's another tip for everyone out there. It's not an album if it doesn't have at least one ballad. So um, we crunched it. I've got a young, we have a young guitar player in the band compared to me, at least. Uh, he's 26, right? So if he's young compared to you. Yeah, he's younger than me. It's, it hurts. But anyways, he's not in his 30s, Stevie. It hurts, okay? Oh so he, he's he's 26, and I'm telling you, men are self-destructive in their 20s. But anyways, that's another story. But uh, he's a fantastic guitar player, and what I did to him was when we he had this beautiful riff that he had written, and I just said, we're going to use this riff for this ballad. But I said, what I need you to do is like just tell me a story about like getting your heart broken. And so he said, okay, well, told me this story about how he had to leave his girlfriend because he was bad for her. And that feeling of, I have to go because I'm never going to get healthy staying here. I have to go fix myself so that I can try and be good enough for you. And I was like, yes, that's yeah, it. That way, yeah. that's, that's the whole premise of our song, Joe. I'm like, you see, like, all you had to do was think about a little bit of a, a heartbreak. Bam, out came this emotional song. And so that's my promotion for my band. I'd say go check out uh, Kiss You Goodbye uh, by Taming Sorry on Spotify. And that's our ballad and uh, our latest attempt at it. And our latest power ballad, I guess, The Flood. Uh, that's uh, more popular. You could hear The Flood on uh, Spotify as well or on YouTube. And that's more of a power ballad. Um Whereas Kiss You Goodbye is the straightforward love you, lovey, dovey, dovey, uh, more than words, more than words ballad <laughs> style, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been a lot of fun tonight, Stevie. Heck yeah, dude. And look, guys, if you look scrolling across the screen, if you want to check out their uh, website, tamasariband.com, you see my shirt. You can buy a shirt just like Woo! Uh, speaking of which, how about the album? How'd the album end up selling? Oh, it's doing good. Um, so, like, we have these CDs here. I'll send you one. Do you have one? The CD? No, I don't have the yeah. CD. All right. I'll send this to you. I'll send you a few of them. Anyway, so it's kind of like, she's kind of like Wonder Woman, I guess. But she's not. She's like a Valkyrie. She's taming sorry. She's sorry. <laughs> Anyways... So we had a lot of fun. This album was uh, partially funded by uh, the Ontario government here, which really helped us out. Yeah. So we're very proud of that, that we got that grant from them and they believed in us. Um, so what we're working to do right now is to go take this because this was released in 2023. So we're working really hard right now to take this uh, basically out of the country. We're trying really hard and we're this close and I want to make the announcement, but I can't yet because it would jinx it. Uh, but I really wanted to come on here and make big announcements. But what I'll say is it's close. It's very close to the point that I am very optimistic that we will be taking um, this album, my heart, my love out of the country and not the U S yet, but I want to, and we want to, and the steps we're taking, I think will lead us in that direction. It's just very expensive to play in the U.S. right now. It's just very, very expensive. And uh, otherwise, we'd already be there. Yeah. Um, we talked with a management group in Arizona um, because, funny enough, we went and performed at Canadian Music Week, which is a big event here. It's where the bands try and go and get noticed or seen or struck their stuff against other up-and-coming artists. And we met with some management from Arizona. And for a while, it looked like maybe we would sign – with this, with this group there, you know, and then you get a contract and you send it out to four different lawyers and they all circle in red, the same clauses that give you nightmares. Right. And you go, okay, no, that, that doesn't work. So, you know, you're talking about labels and the music industry is so different now. It's so different. What's not different is if you have money, you can get your product out there. And this is the same for any business, right? How big is marketing? Right. If you don't market, you're, you don't sell. And if you, and with 60,000 new songs a day on Spotify, what are, how are you expecting to be heard? So to all the, if there's any young bands out there watching or whatever, just think on these things. Think about how you want to stand out. And it's all about your plan, your business plan. Because forget about record labels, unless you look like Justin Bieber and you sound like Justin Bieber and you're able to maintain that for the time, they're special. Stars are special people. They really are. Certain celebrities that we see out there who have made it and we go, oh, why can't? Oh, come on. There's nothing. Listen, Leonardo DiCaprio is one hell of an actor and, and he's... He's deserved his kudos, right? There's certain people out there you go, ah, oh, damn, I, anyone could do, no, not anybody could be this person. It's not true. Uh, not anyone can be Alice Cooper for, uh, you know, just to throw out another random example. Like not anyone could be Elvis. Um, so play your character. Who are you? That's my advice for the young bands. 
And yeah, buy my buy our album on TamingSorryBand.com. Stream us on Spotify. And look at Stevie's the best. Stevie Flythe. Keep giving this guy lots of love. He's good stuff, man. And Stevie, you're building a community. I don't know. The first time we did this, you didn't have this banner. You no, didn't have this. Look, the first time you were actually on the show was the first video interview I ever did. And that was the only reason was because we didn't realize that to call to Canada, I had to have another long distance plan. That's the <laughs> I had crappy internet then. <laughs> uh, it, it's been, oh man, it's been, it's been just a lot of changes. We didn't have the intro videos. We didn't have the banners. Thanks to Bubba Rosenbaum from the Sports Objective Podcast for putting all these banners and stuff together for me. I really yeah, and you're, you're you're building a community here, you know, you're aren't you? You're getting people in this we're gonna, circle. We're gonna we're gonna go on par with Tame and Sorry. We're, when we when you take off, we're gonna take off because hell yeah, you were you were one of the first ones up here, and you're. You're about to to be a member of the Five Timers Club up here. We're gonna have to get something for you for the Five Timers Club. Only only one in there. Like I said, only one in there. So uh, Warren is gonna be. We've already we're gonna already map out another episode for Warren. But I'm gonna uh, send you a T-shirt. I'm gonna send you a T-shirt and an album. Uh, Lickety split. As soon as I get out of here. But you'll have uh, the new T-shirt with the Valkyrie girl on it. Okay. You'll have the new. You'll have the new Sorry girl. She's okay. coming to you. I'm gonna ship it, North Care. You're in where? North Carolina. Uh, the big old metropolis of Alaska, North Carolina, boy. All, all ninety people. Uh, all ninety people in this town. So I, it's impeccable to me that a country like like you know the United States even has a town with ninety people in it. Like that's just it's amazing. You, I, I've told you we've got ninety people, but we have a private school, we have a golf course, and a country club. Somehow it, we got here, but important yeah, ninety people. Yes, yes. I'm. I, I was told, and you might not know this show. You remember? You ever heard the old Andy Griffith show? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was told by. There you go. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a guy that helps me do the podcast sometimes, and I do. I, I'm on his sometimes. That said, you're like the freaking Andy Taylor of this era because you're like commissioner. <laughs> football coach and all this and everybody knows you and i'm like uh if i'm andy taylor then i i'm, I'm pretty good and I, I can handle it being andy taylor like i've got this trippy vest here and uh i'm not really sure what the animal is for a while i thought it was a cat and then i thought like maybe a... then i thought maybe it was a monkey but you know what i think it's a goat and uh, uh... stevie's the goat so there you go i've got my i've got my got my goat vest on and uh, at least if those are, I don't know what those are. They could be cats. They, they could be cat goats. But either they, way. They have the long legs. It looks more like a lizard. But with the long legs. <laughs> <laughs> See, we don't know what it is. But I'm telling you, they're goats. And you're the goat, Stevie. Yeah. I like the connection. I like the connection. with Dude, I can't thank you enough. You know, you guys are always welcome on the show. Whenever there's something you guys need to push. I would love to have you on here, and uh, good luck to you. I know you were hoping to have a big announcement on here, but good luck if, to as you. As soon I'll as I get the news, I'll come on here and I'll share it with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll share it with you. 
guys nothing for the best because you guys you know, are great guys and you deserve the best. Because I, I look, guys, I can tell you the the first conversation with Warren, we had uh, like an hour, hour and a half long <laughs> conversation on Twitter one night, just back and forth talking about music and stuff. And I and I was like, well, we got to get him on the pod. Why don't I just get him on the podcast and we can talk about all this crap? So yeah. You know, I can't tell you enough, bud. I wish you the best of luck, and I'm sure Tamasari is going to hit it big before long. You're going to get that break, and you're going to hit it big. Well, thanks, man. We're loving it. We're loving making music and performing music. Either way, it's, it's still still amazing, no matter what. And so you've got the same attitude as I do. I, you know, people will talk about. I, I they ask about my numbers. I said, well, I'd like my numbers to be better. You know what? If I get to talk to people that I usually wouldn't talk to, I, I probably without this podcast, I wouldn't be talking to. And to make a friendship like with Warren or some of these other people that I've talked to, that's what makes it worthwhile. You know, I will yes. be I told my wife if I don't make a dime off of the podcast, it's fine because I'm getting to talk about stuff I love with people that have that same passion for it too. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yep. And, and you guys are the same way. Yeah, I'd love to be getting Joe Rogan money from Spotify, but that ain't happening right now. So. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop you. No. It's not going to slow you down. I mean, that's that's ultimately what we all have to realize as people. It's like other people's success, it's not going to define our journeys. Exactly. Other people's success, it's not, it's not really about us. You know, we can use it as inspiration, but if we use other people's success to put ourselves down, it's no good. It's, it's useless then. But thank you so much, Stevie. I had a lot of fun tonight. The the, uh, the official house band for On The Fly, Tame and Sorry, the lead singer for uh, Tame and Sorry, Mr. Warren Meredith. Yeah, thank you, bud. That's going to do it, guys. You guys have a great week and have a great Valentine's Day. Make you a good playlist uh, or, you know, go old school. Make a mixtape for that certain somebody you look at. It looks like Justin Bieber right there. That. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Bieber. Oh, yeah. There you go, folks. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. That's going to do it for tonight. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next time on the fly.